We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm back. That was just terrible. That was completely my fault. Bob Flynn already calling us out for the shenanigans. I don't even know where I was other than saying hello. So hello, Andy. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm just great now. Well, it actually worked out really well when you dropped um, somebody. Uh, uh, I got a work call. So uh, I dropped out, took the work call, dealt with that. Now we're back. <laughs> now we're back. Here we are. The beauty of live uh, streaming here. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Boy. I don't, that's literally never happened to me. And so here we are, podcast number 8 billion, here we are. But anyway, we're here tonight to talk about how to play So Rare with 500 bucks, something that Andy and I have never done, we're not going to do, but we'd like to talk about it because there are a lot of people joining and I think one of the problems that So Rare was facing, or the biggest problem I think was that just the barrier, the cost barrier of entry was too high. The new uh, limited scarcity came and made it a little easier. Well, it made it significantly easier. It still doesn't make it cheap, though. And so we wanted to take a little time to discuss kind of what we would do if we were starting now. And $500 seemed like a reasonable budget. Maybe that's not reasonable, but in order to play, it, it feels a little reasonable. Does that feel high to you, Andy? What, $500? Yeah. Um. For this, no, but for just like like gambling or for, I know that I'm not supposed to use that word, but for just like the purposes of like entertaining yourself, like maybe that is high, but I think what's important to note is you can always exit. Um, you can sell, sell your cards. This is not like you're putting $500 on DraftKings or, um, you know, like a sports book yep. and you're um, putting that on the line every week. Um, once you buy your cards, uh, you can use them forever. You can, you know, if you if you're unhappy with your choices, you can resell them and, you know, maybe get your money back, maybe get more, maybe get less. I don't know. Depends on how quickly you want to sell them. So it's just different. It's the only like the only way I can really describe it. It is just different. I think the what the point that you made makes a lot of sense. Like I think you'd have to really 
really mess up if you put $500 into so rare and came away with zero. Like, I'm not sure how that happens. I mean, obviously it happens if like, I don't know how it happens. I mean, the only theoretically, way that happens is if you do something really stupid and like sell your cards for zero dollars or something. Right. Right. And so, or you buy you 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 buy some really stupid players for no reason that don't score well and don't have any resale value. But but even that, surely there's some resale value. Like it it could be close to zero, but yeah, I don't know. I think that the downside is that you spend $500 and your cards are basically worthless and you don't feel like going through the process of selling them. And now you're sitting on dozens of dollars worth of cards yeah. and that's it. But I don't know. I had every intention of writing an article on this. Bob gotcha with like Jow. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. In fairness, the, my fiat value of Jow Felix is probably You've done one quite of the well. lower ones in my gallery. So yeah. That would, that's just a, a somewhat early adopter uh, bonus. But yeah. the so I was going to write an article back in like February, January, February, like how to play on two hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like, all right. And by the time I like finally sat down to do it, I'm like, ah, two fifty is like a little light. And then all of a sudden it was like, can you play so rare with ten thousand dollars? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously, like the budget changes, I we. We kind of were talking about like if we had $500 to spend on something like this and we were starting today, like what strategy would we take? And I think what's really important is that you don't just like come in with a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars and just start buying cards and figure out the strategy later. And I'll give credit to uh, Sean Newsham, who we, we've had on this uh, podcast a few times, PSU fans too, that he came in with a big budget, but he also came in with a plan like before he started buying cards. And I think that's really the, the key. And I think the less important thing when you are getting started is how much money you're going to spend and more how much time you're going to spend, because the more time you spend, theoretically, the less money you'll have to put out. But as I have learned and I've joked, I put in enough money and I put in a ton of time too. So I'm not sure it's actually saving, you know, one is not saving the other. But I think we we kind of agreed on what strategy we would take if we were starting out. And it's a strategy that might not exist by next week, for all we know. Yeah. I mean, both of us kind of planned on the same thing is I think we were both in the agreement that like right now, if I were starting I would target the uh, 0.01 and 0.02 thresholds in Global All-Star D4. Um, granted, we could be we could be targeting that, and it could be gone in a month, or it could mm -hmm. be gone in six months. It could be gone in a year. It could be gone tomorrow. I don't know. We don't we don't know what the timeline is for that. So it's difficult to like really offer um, advice on speculation. Um, so I am offering advice based on the now. If now changes um, down the road, then obviously what advice we would offer would change. But that's outside of our control, and I'm not going to, to speculate. I think the, the point that they've told us also is that like monetary rewards aren't going away. The threshold will go away. Like That's clear. Like We know that 
I thought they told us it was going to be around now. And there's really been no, there has, certainly hasn't been an official announcement. And it seems like the only response we get of when is it going to happen is like, we're still just ironing it out. And yeah. so we have no idea. But so while there might may not be like specific, like every game week thresholds, like it does sound like that, whatever this like progress bar that they have, like you will be able to earn F from your lineups. It may, it's just not going to possibly be like every single game week, but. And I imagine it will be less than what people are able to make now via thresholds. I, I assume so. I assume so. So neither of us even discussed the possibility of starting now with a $500 budget and not playing SO5 at all and just yeah. buying cards to resell them. Right. And Vespasian uh, in chat kind of brings that up. And yeah. uh, I made the joke to you, though, about, you know, buying and flipping Brad Knighton's, you know, one of our, our friends on Twitter, uh, Gator Guy. Gator Guy. Uh he he did that around uh was it gold cup or internet one of the international duty times yes. uh he knew that um matt turner there you go matt turner was going to get called up and he bought a bunch of brand brad knightons and i think that that's funded a bunch of the other stuff that he's done because as soon as as soon as gold cup came he was able to sell all those brad brad knightons at a whatever 20% 30% 40% markup and cash in so it's certainly a strategy if, if, if you can, uh, you know, target something like that, you can make money. Yeah. I mean, he started buying Knightons like months ago. Like yeah. he was like months ahead of this. And I've, I've spoken to him about this plenty. And he had a very clear strategy of like, if I can make point one on each of them, mm -hmm. like a point one profit, and he was buying them for nothing, like he was buying them for cheap limited card prices before limited card prices, because like, why would anybody want the backup goalkeeper from the new England revolution? That's 36 years old. Like right. even, if, even if next season he goes somewhere else, he's not starting. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's like a terrible on the surface. Yeah. It is a terrible card to own, but Matt Turner was very clearly going to be either at nation's league or the gold cup. Yeah. The gold cup was longer and he worked out, getting that one. Did he go to both actually? Now that I, I think he that? did play them both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, let's see. Nations league had, uh, uh, Ochoa Horvath and was it Turner or Sean Johnson? Sean John went to nations league. So maybe Turner did not go to nations. Yeah. League. I don't know. It's embarrassing now that we don't even know. I, well, I, I didn't know, I know Ochoa nations. played in what, two of those games or something. He was there and then didn't play and then switched to Mexico. What game did he play? Oh, he played in the U21 stuff yeah. or whatever, the, uh, the Olympic qual. Okay, whatever that's did, what I was Whatever that didn't count, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about yeah, sorry. the show. But so, so Gator Guy has this kind of dual strategy that he plays SO5, but I think he he's primarily a trader. Like he is accumulating ETH by buying undervalued cards and selling them for more. And the Nightingale was exactly what like was the foundation of what he did to start. And yeah, it, it allowed him to buy better cards after that to now compete. But I thought it was like, maybe because you and I had played SO5, basically like that's how we play so rare. So we didn't consider just like flipping cards. I say that having flipped like more limited cards in the last two days than any, 
Like, I think the total number of cards I've sold in the last two days is more than every card I've sold before that uh, yeah. in total. But I don't know. I just, like, I sell cards so that I can get ETH to buy better cards. Like, I don't do it just to, like, accumulate. Like, to I do it to get better cards for my SO5 lineups, not for better cards to, like, then sell later. Yeah. But, but we... So you maybe I'll let you explain. It. I don't want to take the glory here of like why you think people should focus on global all star D four and the threshold first. Well, going back real quick to you know like finding exploits in the market where you can buy like all the Nitons or like at one point I owned I think five Kai Havertz cards because they were no longer minting them and yeah. you know he's playing at a big club. I thought it would be uh, smart to accumulate them. Sometimes that backfires. Like. They minted all the German cards and um, okay, my strategy did not pan out. And, you know, instead of his, his, the prices on his cards going to the moon, um, they just kind of flatlined where they were at and whatever. Um, I don't think I lost money early on it. Maybe I'm a loss. No, I definitely lost ETH. Um, definitely lost ETH on it, but probably came out okay on Fiat. I don't know. Either way. Same could have happened for Knighton if something happened and maybe Turner got the flu and didn't yeah. go, and then he ended up staying and playing with the team when he got better or whatever. That could have totally backfired, and he would have had twenty Brad Knightons. So uh, <laughs> that's just my warning of like, hey, it may look like a sure deal. It might look like you can make money flipping these things, but sometimes stuff happens and and um, that's outside of your control and. Well, we yeah. saw it with with Philly with Matt Freeze because and Joe Bendick ended up getting a few starts. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Freeze was U twenty three, so I don't know how many people were like accumulating multiple Matt Freeze cards. But yeah, things happen, and like he might not end up beating the starter. Uh, well, it, it was the first game back. He got that red card, yes. and then and then Bendick got the next game, and then I think Freeze ended up getting the next one. But then then this next time around, when Blake went to Gold Cup, I think they just kind of like chopped it up and they both got a couple starts. I I kind of think Bendik actually got the first one. Did he? For, I mean, they weren't in, were they in Nations League? I don't even know who plays in that. Thing. I like, know. I think the first time Blake left, Bendik actually got the start and then yeah. Freeze did. But anyway, yeah, you, right. you can get stuck doing that. But I've said before that playing like backup goalkeeper roulette is a f perfectly reasonable strategy. Yeah. In fact, I think it's better than handcuffing your own goalie. Although, at a, on a five hundred dollar budget, maybe that's not the uh, not the best plan. Yeah. Uh, the so yeah. So why should I accumulate ETH with my five hundred bucks? Yeah. So um, the way I look at it is building that um, that global All Star D four team is like my almost like a motor that I can churn out rewards with every week um, if if I'm hitting my averages or exceeding my averages. Um, I built a, a team for under $300 with almost every player on the team having an L5 of around 50, uh, L15 in that 45 to 55 range. And, you know, that's my four outfield players, two defenders, midfielder, and a forward or I guess if you want to do two midfielders, whatever. Um, and then it really comes down to what common goalkeeper you get. And um, if they're, if you want to try to get correlation with them or not, but 
you know, I built that, I built an all-star D4 team with no goalkeeper for under 300 bucks. And I think that you were able to do something similar. Um, and, you know, I don't know that you're going to hit the 0.02 every week, but certainly that 0.01 is in range and you're going to have the upside of the 0.02. And like realistically, the longer they offer the, the threshold rewards, the easier it is to justify this. You know, sure. if, they, if they run, if they continue doing threshold rewards for six months, then yeah, this, that is a hundred percent made the right choice um, building that global all-star D4 team. And then if the pro progression bar is like good at all, then I still think that it's the right choice. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get some thresholds, you know, maybe two, three, four or five, whatever along the way. And then when they switch over, I'll still have a team churning out that prog those progression rewards. And then I can use the money or the ETH that I win from that to, to fund my limited teams. And it might be a work in progress. It might take a while to, to build those limited teams. But I can also, at some point, if I win a card or if I have a, a player that just goes crazy, and I can, it, of my uh, my global all-star D4 team, if I have a player that goes crazy and double or triples in value, then, you know, I'm in a situation where I can sell that player and maybe fund an entire D5 team. That said, it goes opposite against that too. I could have one of my guys get injured and yeah. now I am, you know, I can't even submit a team for, for D4 and I'm either having to spend more money or, have to figure something else out. And that's why I really wanted to target like around 300 bucks for that D4 team, because we all know how bad lineup maintenance can be. And I've talked to this with Sean quite a bit because he plays D1 and tell you what lineup maintenance and D1 is, is crazy because it's not by a 60, 70, $80 card to, to fix an injury. I mean, you're paying, three grand, six grand, nine grand, you know, 10 K to, to yeah. fix an injury. Yeah. I think that was a, a very good point that if you're going to start with $500, don't spend $500 on four players because there's just no safety in that. And you will get somebody that gets COVID or gets hurt or um, they're going to be rotated or something. Something's going to happen and you're going to have to buy another player. Yeah. And I, I wish I had looked it up beforehand, but there is somebody, I, I don't know his Twitter handle or her Twitter handle, but is trying to do, uh, is playing threshold or playing for thresholds now on a 0.1 budget, which we were joking around that we were like, let's do a $500 budget. And since you and I tend to just look at prices in ETH, we were like, how much is $500? Right. Yeah. Um, Today it's 0.14. So 0.1 is even obviously less than, than 500, but I believe they hit threshold last weekend. So they're already, they hit the 205. So they were like, I'm 10% of the way there after yep. one week. And obviously it'll take a lot of work in order to get there. But with the way that so rare is adding clubs, I mean, we have obviously the Austrian Bundesliga. We now have all of La Liga. Like there are a lot of players available now who can churn out 40 to 50 points every week and help you get to the threshold. And it obviously takes a significant 
amount of time to, you know, figure out what you want to do. And we've had plenty of conversations about stacking and correlation. And I think that goes into what you want to do when you build kind of a budget roster. I mean, you, that should be the case for any level, but if you're particularly on a budget, like I think correlation becomes even more important, but you know, the more time you spend on so rare data, looking at the card finder, like you'll be able to find players that you want because just the, the volume of players available is so much bigger now that you can find plenty of guys and you just have to get comfortable with the idea of spending 300 to $350 on four players that you potentially have never heard of. Yeah. Um, I think that that is one of the things that like will hurt the casual player from like really wanting to, to play so rare um, because to buy the players that, you know, obviously you're paying more money and you know, I, I, I honestly built a D five team for under $500 just to kind of see what you could do. Um, but I did not want to build a team that was like, you know, playing in Korea or Japan or, Honestly, even the MLS, uh, because the casual fan may not be interested in any of those leagues. So the D5 team I built was uh, a La Liga team. Just uh, all five players came from the, from Spain. And part of it is a stack, but I was more interested in, like, can you build a team that somebody would actually be interested in following and, and, and wanting to um, watch? And, and, yes, it, it can totally be done. I joke to you that it's easier for me to watch uh, the Jupiler and Eredivisie uh, than it is La Liga, because I, are they still on uh, BN or are they on ESPN now? No, I, I thought La Liga got moved to ESPN Plus. Oh, they're on ESPN. Okay, so maybe yeah. it's just uh, so. I think we, I think we skip a very big group of people who follow soccer when we when we say like casual people don't want to do this. Yeah. And I agree with you that like casual people don't want to get, don't want to start looking at the Austrian Bundesliga table and figuring right. out if they should buy the goalie of a team that might get relegated. But I think there is a humongous population of people who play FIFA and who yeah. play football manager yeah. who do know these players, right? or at least like, like the idea of diving into leagues and I feel like we skip over them when we're like, oh, the casuals will never do this. And it's like, well, we don't, they don't need the casuals yet. They need yeah. the football manager and FIFA people. And that's fair. I don't, I don't play football manager and I don't play FIFA. So I don't know if I'm, you know, if I should be even speaking of these populations like I'm going to, but it seems like they would be willing to do this work. And maybe it's not so bad then. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be willing to do the work, but they don't know that they don't know what they don't know. So, you know, they they see this platform, and I think sometimes to like get someone hooked in and engaged, you can't really do that. I don't feel like by just being like, all right, you got to buy these four Japanese players, but you can't watch them. You know, you'll just have to check your phone. But but most like most phone apps won't have the Korean game, so you're gonna have to like look look up the scores in weird places, but trust me, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think just the way that they distribute common cards shows us that they really don't expect people to be looking for Jupiler and Eredivisie, even, and those are like reasonable 
European leagues that people maybe I mean we we know players who have come from those leagues and succeeded and we know that like a lot of younger MLS players are now trying to go to those leagues because they develop you know they develop talent really well but in the end people are like who are your favorite teams when you do the onboarding and you're like yeah Liverpool you know Real Madrid and Juventus that's who I like it's like okay We have a user in chat, Joe P. I am a part of the football manager and FIFA population. I'm interested in getting into this. Out of curiosity, what is keeping you from uh, engaging more or just jumping in uh, headfirst? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. And thank you for checking out this video. Yeah, uh, for sure. Or in this podcast, I guess, yeah, the video. Uh, So we, I think one of the important things, and I was putting this together when when I put my team together, you sent me your 500 or your 300 and whatever dollar team. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I can beat this. Yeah. And so I went online, I went on Sora data and switched my currency to us dollars. And now like, I didn't even know what I was looking at anymore, but yeah, I, I was putting a team together and realized that MLS is really cheap now. And I knew yeah. MLS was really cheap now because I have a ton of cards, MLS cards I'm trying to sell that are not selling. Mm-hmm. And we're like getting close to the end of the season. And that's usually the reason why cards like get cheaper. Yep. And so I think one of the things when you're planning the, when you're planning what you want to do, you obviously need to figure out how long these cards will be playable. Like if you buy four rare MLS cards by November, you know, depending on which cards you get, if you have somebody that didn't make the playoffs, like now you're out of luck. So I was like, all right, I have to like get a five player European team because that's really what. With that said, if you were convinced that the threshold was going to be gone by November, then you should just just build build it with four MLS players because you can build it for as cheap as you possibly can imagine. And, you know, you can probably, you know, return or get your money back on that team quicker. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. And then you have your four MLS cards. Yeah, they just sit there for four months. But eh. I think this also goes back to the whole thing of being patient on so rare that I am still not very good at. But yeah, it's a it's a key uh, it's a key component. It's so key, so key. And so Sam, no, we haven't shown the teams yet. I was a little skeptical to show them actually, Uh, not because they're not fantastic, but because. Well, I don't want to be this whole like here are the go buy these players. Like, right. That's not yeah. That's not what I'm looking I, at. I might read off the names of my players or whatever that I I have picked and and what the budget is, but uh you know, my my global all-star D4 team is a gymnasia stack. And I'm not putting my you know money where my mouth is. I'm not buying a gymnasia stack. I'm just saying that those guys are cheap. That's all I'm saying. Same with Rosaria Central. <laughs> Those guys are cheap, but I'm not buying them. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the South American teams are definitely underpriced, I think, for the production yeah. they have. And there are some, you know, productive enough MLS players that will get you the threshold. And shout out to Michael Bradley, who is just might be the most underpriced player on the platform. Real quick, what what did you buy yesterday? <laughs> I bought a Michael Bradley super rare. <laughs> The the total irony of me buying this Michael Bradley super rare is 
is I went to the transfer market to buy a limited card and I walked out with a super rare. And then I bought a limited card later for twice the price of the super rare. Twice the price of the Michael Bradley super rare. Yes. Yeah. Twice the price. What's funny is, is you've heard me like moan and complain like the last five months about how I had to buy this Michael Bradley card. Yeah. Because I was like going into the season, Nicholas Ladero, his super rare was going to be like my key card that just like won me so many rewards this year. You know, I was just banking on it and he gets hurt and I had to buy a replacement level midfielder and I didn't want to like go out and like spend big bucks because I didn't know when Ladero was coming back. I was like, this will just maybe be for a few weeks or something. Well, I've been riding the Michael Bradley pony now for the entire season and watched so many back passes. I, I'm, I'm going to be sick. Uh, so it's just funny to me that uh, you've resorted to to buying a, a Michael Bradley. I didn't even need the card. I was just like, you know what? This looks too cheap. Yeah. Michael Bradley. I'm Surely I can put Michael Bradley in a He's a U.S. legend. <laughs> uh, yeah and you were like yeah he's a collectible he'll coach one day like this car is worthless as soon as he, it's probably already worthless I, I already told you you're gonna have a super rare coaches card within the next five years <laughs> is this the patience that we're preaching now yeah, after we yeah. the Michael Bradley the coaches coaching? card's gonna pay off oh yeah division three coaching card is where mm -hmm. exactly where I want to go no I'm fully embarrassed with this but the reason I brought Michael Bradley up is because not because I bought a super rare yesterday but his rare card can be had today, September 16th, 2021, for less than 40 bucks. Yeah. And he has an L5. He'll get you less of, than 40 points. <laughs> he's an L5 of 45 and an L15 uh, of 45. The guy yeah. is super consistent. I he look is. his L40, but I'm guessing it's 45. And yeah. that's the kind of player that helps you just grind out thresholds and – and he plays I mean, every week. Like he plays I don't think he's rested week. all year. He plays 90 minutes. He runs yep. like 20 miles a game. <laughs> he never scores more than 45. But there you go. He does run have a lot. super rare. Or he jogs a lot. Gosh, I'm so embarrassed at this suit. I can't be a marathon runner. Maybe that's his next next calling in life. He, what is he's skip coaching? He's gonna be a marathon runner. <clears throat> I won't help my SO5 though. Yeah. And uh actually I wanted to look that up shout out to uh, i'll i have to look it up because he deserves much too much credit for the fact that we should have called this podcast so 500 dollars and yeah i uh, couldn't come up with it um it was dylan beery and i think here we go thank you so joe p here says the price to get in not knowing how it works and the fact that it's crypto and i think those are completely reasonable reasons yeah. not to get in and i will say personally the crypto thing was like the top thing that made me skeptical of so rare and it wasn't even so much that i was skeptical of crypto though i didn't own any before this but it was more that it was just complicated and like i almost if the if the entire game was run in euros and I was like, I had to figure out a way to get my dollars to euros. That alone would have probably turned me off. When going from dollars to crypto is actually much more difficult. And I will say that it, I had, I bought maybe 20 cards 
through on my debit card before I ever like I, I didn't uh, like deposit buy and deposit F on the site until I was like months on the site. And like I could buy cards with my credit card or debit card. And then anytime I sold a card, that's how I got F. And it feels like it's a little bit of like a not a cheat because that, I mean, so, that's how it works. But real quick, you don't actually know crypto that well today, right? Today, no. So what did you tell me when you, you did your one deposit into SoRare with Ethereum? What was the thing that you told me when you did that? It was the last time I would deposit? Yes. You yeah. said that this is the last time I'll ever do this because it's complicated to somebody that's never done it before. And what's what's crazy is you have to learn that because you're moving a lot of – you can move a lot of money yeah. that way. And it's – dangerous if you make a mistake it can be gone you could send it to the wrong address like um it's really important to understand the crypto side if you're going to um send crypto to your silver wallet and de deposit and, and all that so it's important to understand that process and that being a barrier in front of you know learning this new type of game um can be enough to i think make people walk away but yeah, i agree like, right? like you did I'm, I'm going to actually, I, I have a, my brother-in-law who really wants to, to play so rare and uh, he was never going to get involved at the prices that, that we were previously at, but with the limiteds, he's interested now. And my recommendation to him is he's not a crypto person. I'm going to tell him, use your credit card or debit card, whatever credit card probably and buy cards that way. And you can always sell the card for ETH and then you have money on quote unquote on the platform. Yep. That, I mean, that's exactly how I got ETH on the platform is that I bought a card and sold it. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have ETH. And I think yeah. I think having ETH on the site is super important if you're trying to. Actually, it doesn't even matter. It's always important because the way that the secondary market works is that I think the best way to buy cards on the secondary market is to essentially negotiate with other people and the way you do that is by sending lowball offers that they're <laughs> that, that are just high enough that they don't get offended and then you can go back and forth no but like seriously but like i i do think that the way that a lot of people price cards and if, if you uh, let me backtrack a second if you buy a card on the secondary market with a credit card or debit card there's a there's a i think it's a 10 percent fee which you know is already making something that is probably kind of overpriced, even more overpriced. But yeah. a lot of times people will post cards for absurd prices, just like hoping somebody will buy it. But most people I've found, cool. right. Most people I've found will take lower prices because they know that, you know, that if they're posting it at twice the last sale price and it's like, no, I'd like to pay closer. Like they'll do that. But the only way you can do that is with ETH on the site. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll post a card that I either, uh, really don't care if it sells or not, but I'll put it on the market because I know that I'll be the lowest on the market. But if somebody were to swoop in and offer me, you know, maybe it's $50 less than what I have it posted at. Sure. I'm going to accept that. I mean, depending on the value of the card and the, you know, the percentage um, discount that I'm giving them. But I mean, in a lot of cases, I'm just going to say, yeah, sure. Whatever. And, yep. and, and move the card. Right. And, and unfortunately, the easiest way to do that, or the only way to do that, is with Ethereum on the site. So yeah. 
So Joe, I, I understand the hesitancy on the crypto part. The price to get in, obviously that's the point of this video and podcast. Like I think, I think $500 is a regional, reasonable budget to get started. And $500 is a lot of money for some people. It's not a lot for others. And we could just as easily do a video on how to play with $5,000, how to play with 15,000, with 50,000, you know, like yeah. in terms of like how much money you could put into so rare, it's literally limitless. Like you could spend all the money in the world on here. And if yeah. you're going to overpay for cards to get them, I have plenty posted and please buy them. So, so I think the, the reason that we wanted to do this video was like, if we were start, so I think if we were having 500, where would we go? And we agreed that like the threshold is the way to go. What's funny about that is that I feel like obviously before the limited cards, that was always the push, like play, get these guys, go with the threshold. When I was like researching guys to buy, I'm like looking at cards I used to own because I was like, oh, these guys grind yep. it out. Uh, and, but then like back then it was like to accumulate enough so you can buy more rare cards. And when you do that, that's either to make your current all-star D4 lineup easier or better, or you start branching out into other regions. You know, you can get an MLS team in Americas or, you know, a team in challenge or whatever it is. But now with the limited cards, there's this significantly different opportunity, not only that you can play other regions easier, but you can get better cards. Like you don't have to spend the 10 grand on, or, you know, well, that's a, you know, a thousand dollars on a rare card where you can now spend theoretically, you know, the hundred dollars on a very, on a much better uh, limited card. So if you, if you, you know, start accumulating ETH, do you just go all-star D5 in limited also, or do you think you'd go like an, in a regional path? Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, or, or do I save it and, you know, maybe my D4 team's really good and I buy a rare goalie. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take a while. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I'm, I know, like I was looking at Rosario central and Jorge uh, Brun and I mean, if that's my stack and I don't know, maybe I buy them. The faster that guy leaves, the better. I got a U23 <laughs> guy. Because I, I, I have a tier one who was the U23 that played for him for like three games when he had COVID. Uh, and well, he had COVID like and he had like gastrointestinal disease yeah. or something. COVID and then, the, yeah, the gastro thing. And he was a mess. Yeah. And yet here he is starting in front of my boy, Juan Romero. Anyway. <laughs> Well, his, I, I was just going to pull up his card real quick because I'm, I'm curious, but I, he's got to be like a 0. 0.2 card would be my guess. But how much is that in dollars? We don't I don't know. know. I'm just saying that's that's uh, 10 second thresholds. <laughs> yeah, but like it's reasonable. And I, I will say that I feel like So Rare sells the number of game week. I mean, it's not, not So Rare who's selling it actually, but I felt like a lot of the content previously, excuse me, of like, you know, you can win thresholds every week. It's actually twice a week because we have game weeks twice a week. But like, I don't think you're going to get many players who play midweek in 
on like a budget team. Yeah, I don't. I think that you're right. You're only going to get the guys that play on the weekend, unless you buy MLS players, who are right. They do have playing a ton midweeks a lot right now. Yeah, which that's fair. The I, I think the more I I think about it, the more I regret um, building my team and not just doing an MLS team, because you can probably get the most game weeks in before they take the before they take the threshold uh, payments away. Yeah. Because you're going to get the midweeks, the weekends. um, You're going to get just more games. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking back. So Sam was asking for the teams we put together. I put together a Colorado Rapids stack, which I'm like slightly embarrassed about, but not totally. But just to make myself feel better, I, I did send you a a New York City FC stack, which made me feel better because I yeah. support them. But I think the important thing is, is that the reason I did this is because I was just assuming a the common that I had was one of those guys. So like I, it was almost like I built the team first and then I was like, Oh, and I'll pretend that I got a, with the Rapids one, like a Yarbrough stat or Yarbrough common, or if I had a Sean Johnson common, but like Sean Johnson common is literally zero. And just the prices that I saw here, uh, Tinner home, who's their right back 64 45. That's $64. Uh, Maxime Cheneau, $69. And I basically couldn't avoid this $39 and 39 cent Michael Bradley. Yeah. And then I actually gave up on my research, but I had Michael Berrios as part of my rapid stack. He starts for the rapids uh, up front. He's a forward. His card was $160, but basically like, so that forward costs more than all those other players combined. Yes. The forwards definitely cost more because there are few of them. I mean, obviously goalkeepers cost the most, but there are fewer forwards. Well, there's fewer forwards that can churn out 40 to 50 points. Exactly. Exactly. And because of that, uh, we, it works a little bit in our favor that because you tend not to play two forwards anyway, 
Right. Like there are enough midfielders and defenders who churn these, churn yeah. it out. So that lineup cost $332, had an L15 of 201. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not counting the goalkeeper? Uh, it counted, yeah, like half of, like Sean Johnson's L15 is 50. So I counted 25 because it's a 50% penalty. Gotcha. For the yeah. But like I had, so the, um, the Rapids like defensive stack was Danny Wilson and Keegan Rosenberry who combined $170, the two of them, the Yarbrough common obviously is nothing, but like I found your boy, Michael Boxall, 78 bucks. And you could do, you know, a Minnesota United defensive stack with, I didn't even see what Debassy is. I have one. So I didn't uh, need to look did it up. Plug, out of curiosity, did you plug your five player combo into, uh, well, I guess if they're not all on the same team, you wouldn't be able to. On the stack, uh, the combo thing. I did not. Yeah. Uh, because it was the, because they were different teams. Yes. It would be cool to see which weeks, which weeks you would have hit the threshold and which weeks you wouldn't have. Like to really get a good feel of like, because the the L five and L fifteen is great, but it still doesn't tell you did you get the threshold that week. Yeah, well, I I think so. I think the benefit of stacking in in a lineup like this, yeah, is you have they're going to play together. They're going to play together, and if they go off, like you're in the two fifty range where you're getting literally twice the threshold where initially shooting for and if they really really go off maybe you win a card yeah and i mean what whatever you do with that card after is only you know is basically profit at that point so yeah i'm trying to see if i, I can think play. you have to i think if you're doing this you have to just do a stack we both did it and i think that the, i i think you have to because there's going to be like if you built an mls like maybe you built five, got a team with five MLS teams. Well, the MLS has an odd number of teams in the league and there's always a bye week for a team. Yeah. So you might buy five players and your midfielder happens to not play. Your whole team's dead and you either yeah. have to buy another player or whatever. You're better off just get a stack of five guys that all play for the same team or four, you know, and maybe, maybe you do your research and find that San Jose and Colorado always play together. There's not a single week that they don't play together. And then great. You don't have to worry about the the bye weeks. Yeah. Well, the best thing is just that four man rapid stack with Michael Bradley. You can't lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I jokingly say that the Rapids actually have like very very good midfielders. So like you're not going to get a cheap Jack Price or Mark Anthony K or Kellen Acosta. So just use the get the cheap Michael Bradley. Yeah, that's fair. Back pass your way to two hundred one. Well, whole back so, pass is way to like 45 points. <laughs> He's a lock for 45 points. The worst part was that early in the season when Pazuelo was out, he was taking set pieces and there was this like, oh, maybe something might happen. And like yeah, every I was corner excited just like there for a little bit. I think he had one decisive action that entire time. Oh, did he? I thought he would. Yeah. So Bullstar said that he wished we did this video two weeks ago because he just rejoined the platform and is targeting – Global All-Star D4. Well, so I'm curious why you came back and why you are just targeting All-Star D4 other than the fact that we just talked for 40 minutes about why everybody should do that. So we agree with you, Bullstar. <laughs> At least I'll say that much. So 
I don't think we actually talked about it though. Like for the limiteds, like if you decide to use your F winnings for limiteds, do you just go at that point of like whatever you want to win? Like, I feel like we've talked previously, like the, the regions we prioritize are less about how easy it is to win and more about how, how easy it is to win a card and more like what types of cards you can win. Like we both like playing U23 because you can win U23 cards and those are fun. And I, I think, think it's funny, we, we talk about MLS a lot. And I think there are plenty of people who talk about MLS like we talk about the J-League and mm -hmm. K-League and like how we for you know, sure we can't stay up and watch and we're not going to do it. We just don't have an interest in that league. Plenty of people don't care about MLS. But like, if you play Champion America, you're probably going to win an MLS card. So like, do you think that's basically people should say like, I want to win? I think if I'm taking my winnings, America, if I'm taking my D4 winnings and buying cards, I'm not buying U23 cards because then I got to buy a U23 goalkeeper, which is not going to be cheap. Yep. Um, guaranteed point one, I think. Right. Uh, I bought one today for a lot less, but it was a J League guy, and I think their season's winding down, so. I realistically just bought them for a few weeks here, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I would not buy U23 players. I feel, I feel bad because I spent point one on a J-League goalkeeper this morning. Did you? Who did you buy? Uh, Oki. Okay. Well, you got a good one at least. I bought Osaka, and like his L5 is like <laughs> 17. Yeah, it's terrible. So, uh, and I think I even overpaid for him. I just wanted to get it done with, so I had a team for this weekend. So I'm, I'm one of, I'm right now. I'm just in the mood where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll overpay by one bid or two bids and just get it done with. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, I would not buy U23 players um, unless like it was uh, a player that was like fitting into my strategy or whatever. But I would not do, I would not try to build a U23 team. It would be more along the lines of like what what is fun for me and what is profitable. And I think that, you know, you look at any of the regional, like the, the regions, it looks like there's a lot more rewards compared to entries. Like I, I feel like I've won cards in D5 with uh, either at least one DMP multiple times. So you're going to win cards. If you play in the regionals, all-star might be, more difficult. I haven't looked at the numbers on All-Star, so I'm not sure on All-Star. But I would definitely pick a region and go for a region. It was a midweek, so that's obviously a little off. But I won a card in D5 with one player Yeah, uh, two weeks ago, last, uh, last week. But it was U23, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think... I think that 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 was just kind of like broken there for a bit where like people just didn't have the goalkeepers yet and or just like the players overall and you weren't getting competitive lineups. It's probably. I mean, I had, yeah, it, this is my whole like always submit a lineup because I had two known DNPs. So I had three starting players. It might have been internationals, actually. It was definitely an international week. So okay. like, everything was wonky then. Yeah. And so I had three players who at least had games. And. I happened to captain the one who actually played and got a tier three, whatever it was. Yeah. Grand Zuzi or something. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's a great card. I sold, it, I, know. I sold it and he's at his L2 is uh, 85, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bullstar said he bought a rare Armani, which is a card that I have and is 
fantastic. In fact, I was talking about that card today. I've won more cards with a rare Armani than any other card in my gallery. So great buy. Although their season's ending soon too, ish. They play all the time. But yeah, so I think they're just like some key things of planning out if you're going to do this on a budget and yeah, figuring out when all these teams play is really important because the last thing you want is five players from five leagues that don't play at the same time. I think, I think we overlook the most important, I, I think that we overlook the most important aspect of all this and it's just fun. And I would say it's fun to have players that you can engage, like engage with and see and watch play. Um, like, honestly, like that was the big difference for me, like in getting involved in so rare, like when it was just Belgium or whatever, like, okay, I, if I remembered, I would submit my lineup, but I like, I would, sometimes I would just like buy a couple of guys here and there, but it wasn't until they started to get clubs that, that were actually interesting to me that I actually started to like, like once they added Atletico and Juventus and like, so I, I think like if I'm building a team, I also want a team that like, I'm actually going to like enjoy um, uh, watching and like rooting for my guys. Sure. Um, that's why, like, like I said, when I built my D5 team, I made a, I made a La Liga team. I went for Real Sociedad and, uh, and, they have a couple of good defenders on that team. They're two center backs. I picked both of those guys up. Their goalkeeper super expensive, or I felt like he was super expensive. I still put him in there. He, I think he was $300. And like for my $500 budget of a D5 team, that's I, I'm sure I could find cheaper goalkeepers somewhere else. But that's my way of like saying like my enjoyment of the game. I want, I want a uh, team in one of the big five leagues, and that's what I was doing. I still think that having to spend more on a goalkeeper in order to make SO5 lineups is like a top three biggest problem for so rare. I don't know well, how they have, because it's like the least sexy card that you're going to buy. Yeah. And it's but like it kind of proves, significantly more. Yeah. I, I don't disagree, but it also proves the whole scarcity aspect of the entire platform. Like, that player is there's only one starting on each team and they are the most scarce thing on the platform thus prices are highest they're also like the most insignificant like they don't have like high ceiling scores they're not going to really win you a game week i mean we've seen it achoa had a great game last night uh for america and what he saved a PK, had a clean sheet, still only scored like 85 points or something. Right. It's like the perfect game. That should be a 100 and 85 points, which is great. It's a great score. I mean, it's a, but how often does that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's a, that's the problem too. So I'm pulling up the, uh, so this, it used to look like a hockey stick, and now I don't know what it looks like. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, so this is uh, the chart from so Rare Data. Apologies for those listening to the audio version of this. We're just looking at the uh, owners of at least N blockchain card graph from so Rare Data. So August 10th, we're 23,000. What date did they release limiteds, August 10th? Oh, I have no idea. 
I was just, it seemed like that's where. Looks like it. that's where. <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly, <laughs> right. If it wasn't August 10th, it was somewhere around there. But yeah, so 23,000-ish on, actually, I guess it was a little before. Let's call it August 1st, 23,000, and now we're at 36,000. Do you, uh, Sir Sam has actually brought this up a few times. Like, what do you think is the right number to look at? Like, obviously, people who have one or two cards don't play SO5. And five cards or more, they can. I actually was always wondering if four, four cards was a number because people could, I mean, that's what we have said this entire podcast. You only need four if you use a common goalie. But, I mean, it's just basically a 6,000 difference between two and five. So maybe it's not that great. But I don't at what know. point? At what point are you? Um, oh, and it was August twelfth, by the way. Twelfth, okay. Uh, at what point are you committed? Is it at five cards? Once you have five cards, are you committed in your plan? If right. You're in, or do you think it's maybe ten? I mean, I think once you make a lineup, you're in, right? Like, I don't know yeah. how you. I mean, surely there are people who start who have bought enough cards to play So five. And at some point are like, I just don't like this. I'm out yeah. and sell. But I just have to imagine that the people who end up playing so rare with five with five cards, maybe maybe it's when you buy a rare goalkeeper. Maybe that's the I don't know. I don't that know. That is, that's is. like, you know, putting the ring on the finger right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I want to see that chart. <laughs> owners of at least one rare goalkeeper. I, I, yeah, it would be cool to see. Well, I mean, we have SO5 lineups. I don't know why I'm saying that. This is. Yeah, but that those are all submitted with, a lot of those are submitted with common goalkeepers and default. But does that, I mean, are you not committed then? I mean, there are plenty of people who. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously, there's great growth there. It's it's really hard to like see it though, just because I think what's confusing with this chart is like the midweeks. Yeah, because people don't always have players for those, or even like the internationals. Like, uh, I think it's pretty obvious when you know international weeks are in there. Um, it, it'll be fun to see this chart over like a greater period of time. Uh, but I think it's weird to look at right now. Yeah, that's fair. So we're at, let's call it 9,700. 9,700 all-star D4 lineups. So it's about a third of the people, less than a little less than a third of people who have one card, but it's a little less than half of people with five or more. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem weird to me that I mean, I guess there could be people who buy five or more cards and never play. Like well, we Gary said, v. you don't you don't have to play. Gary V bought like three Mbappes, three Jalilikas, whatever, and he's I'm sure he's never submitted a team ever. Yep. He can't. Right, he can't. I don't even think like he doesn't have a defender. He doesn't have a defender, no. Nope. Can't even use his common goalie. I wonder who his common goalie is. I don't even, I, I bet he never even went through the process. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But I, I would like to see that chart with, with rare goalkeeper. Um, Sam 
Sam mentioned, you know, uh, maybe with at least one super rare, but I, I, I think that that's probably not, I don't think that that's a good, uh, I don't think that, that tells you much. I, um, I felt very committed to so rare before I bought my first so, uh, super rare. Yeah. I mean, you were, you spread out to all the divisions first and then you went up. Yes. And I think that that's probably what most users will, uh, will do. In fact, now, they got to go to all the D4s. They got to go to all the D5s before they even think about buying a super. Well, I think at some I think that's a big decision for some people. Is yeah. like if you play enough D4, do you want to move to D3 or D5? And I think I think the decision to go to D5 is I mean, not a, it's obviously much easier budget-wise to be like, "Oh, let me just play a bunch of D5." Yeah. I'm curious how many people submit lineups in multiple regions, multiple D4 regions who haven't bought limited cards yet. I mean, like Sean. Sean has not bought a limited card yet. Yeah. Or he's not playing D5. I think the, the I think a lot of people still feel like the prices will come down further. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I think it what's funny is that they're like the only way the prices don't come down is if we see a big increase in users. But like, look at that chart. What is this chart telling us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a wild chart. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's like exponential growth. Um, does, does 746 people with more than a hundred cards seem high or low to you? Seems low. Hundred cards is a lot of cards. It is. I just, I. It feels like the the whole scale of the entire thing has gotten so big that you know that number. I, that number like doesn't, I guess, compute for me. That seven forty six. But you're right. That is. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of cards. Yeah. I mean, we obviously have people with thousands of cards that are in that hundred or more. Yeah. Looking at you, pal. Yeah. So many cards. I like this Quinny uh, Man City, former Man City stack that he's got for. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. You're going to have to add Aguero whenever they finally put his card on there. That might be a fun card to own. Quinny's 100% going to buy an Aguero card. I mean, come on. Yeah. If Aguero even stays, who knows? <laughs> Goes to play with his best friend and his best friend leaves. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know what the uh, what the number is. It's a lot of cards, though. So if you were building a D D five team, are you going to try to get multiple D five teams? Are you going to try to build something that's fun? Um, what What would you do? So I. So I've been very open that I felt like the way that I started on sober was completely wrong. And I've said it literally minutes ago that like, you should have a plan before you go in. And when limited cards came out, it felt like it was an opportunity for me to start so rare over again. And what was cool, and obviously this doesn't apply to most people, but what was cool about it is that the prices on limited cards were somewhat close to what they cost what rare cards cost when I joined. 
So it was, like I said, it gave me like this opportunity of like, all right, if I want to play everything, let me plan out what I should do. And then I'll go and get those cards. And it's a little different because they obviously hadn't launched all the limited cards. Like we still have plenty of teams on the platform that haven't had limited cards minted yet. So we're still waiting for it. But so it was like, I can't go out and buy a Bayern Munich limited stack yet because they don't have the cards. But regardless, it still was like, okay, let me plan out what I want to do and execute that plan. And all of a sudden I was like 15 limited cards deep and they were just random dude, not random yep. guys, but they were like good cards that I was like, oh, I like this guy. Let me buy this from that. And all of a sudden I was like, I can't, I have 15 cards and I can't even submit a lineup because nobody's in the same region. I had no goalie. And I was like, I did it again. Yeah. I like, I, I did it again. And here I am. So Don't worry, I did the same thing. It, But like, I like go out of my way to like preach that you should have a plan and do this. And I just completely. Yeah. I did too. And I, I, I was trying to do U23 and then like, um, I got distracted and then I'm buying real Betis players. We joked about the other day and it's like, what am I doing? And I, what I, am I doing? I, I've really started to like, like really bring things back in together, like, and, and do a better job at actually having a strategy. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I joked that I was going to buy the players that I already owned to make researching easier, but now I'm over here researching all these Barcelona players that I've never owned before and don't, some of them I don't know that much about, and it's more. It's just it's more fun to to own guys that I don't already own. To be completely honest. So the biggest draw for me for limited cards was being able to buy the cards I can't afford rare cards of or super rares. Like yeah, that. So I realized that the one of the reasons to buy for the new scarcity was for new users to get in for a cheaper price, but it also allowed people who can't buy the superstar players and uh, able to buy their limited cards. And like, that's, yeah. that was the draw to me. And part of the reason I got so frustrated with what I was doing at first is I was seeing prices of superstar players and I'm like, boy, that's a lot more than what I paid, but it's like, but I shouldn't have bought these cards. These like five cards here that I'm not going to use, but I was like, Oh, I should buy them. Like I bought them and I should have just not bought them and used that to buy better players. Yeah. So I feel like I'm now like getting into it. Like the, the, would you say it was August 12th? Yeah. So like August 12th to today, September 16th. So a month and four days is like a microcosm of my so rare experience from when I joined last November. Then I didn't even buy a card until January until August 12th. That it was like, I just started buying cards and I was like, wait, wait, let me have a plan and set it. And now I feel like I'm starting to put that out. And Real Betis scoring four goals today is just so much salt in the wound when I could have won tickets to El Clasico if not for Nabil Fakir not putting up 100. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe somebody just having a goalkeeper that plays. Why would I think you want I, that? I think I had 390 points with a DNP goalkeeper. Like, I was going to Spain. Yeah, <laughs> I even joked. I joked to my wife. I was like, "Pack your bags. We're I'm going." Yeah, and I woke up the next morning, and Timo Wellenruther was a DNP, and I was like, "Okay, we're unpack your bags." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll say fun. the um, 
So I went with a Minero stack and Minero crushed. And oh yeah, sorry, Quinny. I guess he's not so excited about Betis today. Yeah, they played Celtic, right? Yeah. Uh, so God, he had 77 today. So I had a Minero stack and Fakir captain left. And it was the last game of the game week, I think. And a perfect hundred from Fakir would have gotten me first place. And I think he had a yellow card in like the 12th minute or something. And I was like, ah, oh, this guy's dead. Like, I'm, I'm not going to Spain. And yeah, drops. he gets an assist, 77 points. I still wouldn't have gone to Spain, but man. I will say, I will give Quinny a little shout out. I saw him uh, beating me in one of the divisions today. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't normally compete in All-Star Division 2, and I don't think you do either, Quinny. Maybe you do. Um, but... Uh, we both did really well this week, but you did better. So well done. I'll say about that special weekly. And I think I, we talked about this, but so I finished, we joked around that there was one star rare being given out. It was a bunch of tier three super rares, one star rare, and then two tier two rares. And when Fakir's game ended, I was in the spot, the single spot for the star rare. And that was obviously one spot away from a tier three super rare. And so I ended up getting pushed down to a, to the tier two rare section. I sold the tier two rare card minutes after the, the prot transfer was over. And for the exact same price, I bought that Michael Bradley super rare. So I basically won a tier two tier three super rare from the special weekly. Nice. Quinny, you're one opta adjustment away from a podium. So um, there you go. Point point seven points. Maybe if you, maybe if you did your training, Quinny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that joke. It's I think it's I think it's getting worn out. We gotta we gotta be really? careful. Oh. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> tried to drop it on me on the special weekly, and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, mm -mm. don't need it there. That's right. But I still should have. Yeah. So yeah, special weekly this week. I was just I was talking to Wait, wait. Top 100 get two tickets? No, that can't be right. Oh, two limiteds, yeah. That they look like tickets, but only the first place is getting the tickets to the game. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I was saying that I don't even like my team. I have Fakir, so it's like just rubbing it in also. But I'm hoping that I can sell the cards that I bought for the special weekly before this deadline and that'll just make me feel better. But these limiteds in the special weekly are fun. Yeah, they, they do look cool. Did, did you finish top 200 in the last weekly? Yeah. What did you win? Coke. Okay. It was fun. Yeah. I think they look really nice. They got the, like, the foil look to them and they say game week 200. Uh, I think right. Game week 200. Yeah. Which kind of cool. I got the uh, um, who did I Jordi Alba? Jordi Alba. Yeah. How many Jordi Albas do you have now? I got two now. <laughs> two limited Jordi Albas. Yeah. That's we a we joked about that the other day that it seems like you you win a lot of cards that you already you already own. There's Maybe just... that just means I own way too many cards. I don't know. But there's there's so many cards out there. How does this happen? Like multiple times. Yeah. You, there was one week you won like a 
it was like a limited card or something. I won a tier three limited, and it was a guy in the J League. I think it was a J League. And I sold the card amazingly. Yeah. And the very next game week, I won another one. Yeah. It's like so where I was like, no, no, you got to have this guy. I can like rip off the names of so many guys where I've, I own their card and then just so happen to like win their card. Um, insane. Insane. They're just, I mean, just look at the auctions. There are too many cards for this to happen. Yeah. Like the odds but, of it happening just seems so absurdly low. Yeah. I'm like I, trying to find like justification or reasoning for how it could happen. And I guess like maybe, you know, like the, the star pool or tier one pool is going to be somewhat limited. And maybe when you do win one of those good rewards, the way you want it was by using one of the cards in that pool. I don't know. That still doesn't maybe. make any sense because there's still, there's still like 50 guys in the pool and your team, you know, I, I understand that. The fact that mine was a tier three though, I, I can't, I well, can't fathom. Tier three, that. tier three, that pool is a lot of times it's like 500 players or it was, it was all-star too. Yeah. So like the number it just doesn't, it didn't ever make sense to me, but I, so I, I was thinking of all of this and I'm like, there has to be a way for them to be like, we to program it so they're like oh if this guy had won a card that that they already have why don't we just give them a different one yeah like a re-roll theoretically theoretically like it's possible you're getting a worse card just because you have one already and that's probably not fair either yeah yeah and people if if people figured that out they could game the hell out of it and no joke, people would. Like if there's oh, sure. potential to like exploit something like that, they would. And yeah. it might be as simple as like loaning like the four stars that are not Mbappe so that they win Mbappe. Like if they win a star reward and then they go loan all the other, you know, hey, and then you know, I'll give you a cut of the the Mbappe that I'm about to sell. People would do that. It's got to be random or like someday we can all dream and maybe they'll have like, they'll pop two little rewards up there and you get to pick the one that you prefer or two mystery chests. <laughs> it's like deal or no deal. Yeah. Deal or no deal. The right one. And then before you open it, they're like, you want to switch it with the other one? I think I, I really don't think I'm making this up, but I, I might be making this up. Okay. But I think that one of the ideas for the progress bar was when you hit a, th a certain threshold and it, it wasn't like a single game week, but like if you accumulated a certain number of points over, let's say three or four game weeks, and then you get prompted, like, do you want to keep going or do you want the tier three card right now? Yeah. And you can, if you can choose to keep going, but at a certain point you run out. So you, you could possibly end up with, with nothing. If like you don't, you know, like the fun, you know, at some point it's like you just didn't qualify enough. I think you could, of course we don't know, but I think you, I think the idea was you could always use your points to buy that tier three. Like you might get, oh. you might have like 10,000 points and you could still buy the, for 8,000, you could buy the tier three. But if you don't get all the way to enough points or credits or whatever you want to call it for the tier two, you right. could just buy the tier three before you that. You get the tier three. Okay. Yeah. 
That's what it that's was. my understanding of it. But it, this doesn't yeah. even exist yet, so who knows? It seems to make no sense that you could literally end up with nothing. That yeah. doesn't seem. Yeah, and I think that they were going to do something similar with like uh, experience too. Maybe like you could buy like a bundle of experience for a player or something. I don't know. Seems weird. I'll, I'll say I thought that was a really really dumb idea, and. The more I play so rare, the more I'm like, okay, I actually get it. Like if I could put XP, if they were like, you can have a tier three, whatever card or 5,000 XP points. That you or, could put on your best player. Yeah. Or on any of your, any player. Yeah. Well, you'd put it on, you want to put it on like. Well, best. I would put it on my best. Yes. But I was like, oh, that, that does make sense. Cause they gave away, hmm. you know, XP for something, some, when they, what was it? The Euros thing or whatever it was. And they were like, oh, it's, you know, 5,000 XP to your last player that you bought. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be cool. Like if you had a player that still had the 5% bonus for that season and then you put a load of XP on them, I guess you right. could get them all the way up to like 15% and and, and for that year. And right. I don't know how much of an edge that gives you over all the other people that own them. Well, like a 5% edge maybe. Roughly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like I, guess, the idea. I guess, I guess if, 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 if you had a good enough player and, you know, um, that was just going to dominate every week, you can put the captain band on them and um, they have more XP than everybody else. Yeah. It could be, could be a good strategy. For sure. For sure. I mean, if you don't want to play the tier, the tier three lottery, I'm all for figuring out something else I could win. Well, as opposed to another tier three card I already had. Um, yeah, transferred cards. That would be perfect. Use points for that. Yeah, that would be cool. Good idea, Quinny. Yeah. I won't take credit for that. Uh, I think we've gone long enough now that we're not even talking about. Yeah, we totally derailed. Totally derailed, which right. happens yeah, all the time for us anyway. Uh, I will say that. If there's anyone who is looking to get involved with SoRare, if you're somehow still watching this video because you're really interested, uh, definitely feel free to reach out to us. I'll say that uh, Andy's one of the reasons why I stuck around with SoRare. I had tons of questions and he helped me immensely. So you're telling uh, everybody to send me send me DMs on on Twitter and yeah. ask me questions. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it, it. You thank you again for all of that yeah. help because it really uh, it really did help, and I'm certainly. Uh, willing to help anyone who reaches out. So you can For find sure. me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. Andy is at ablack86. If you are already on Sora and have questions, we're in that Discord as well. He's uh, as black. I'm under Lairdino, so check that out. Actually, I think I'm Andrew M. Laird. So my uh, gallery is at Lairdino. That seems so easy like when I started, and now that I have to explain it, it gets very complicated. But anyway, feel free to reach out because we're uh, we definitely like you know helping people uh, get more comfortable and, and enjoying SoRare more. So um, this has been the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. We'll be back next week with another topic because we're here every week. So if you guys have anything you want us to cover, we will uh, certainly be open to doing that. If it's SoRare on a $5,000 budget, we'll do it. We'll have to do <laughs> it. So, um, maybe we should do like a 50000 budget and see how stupid we get. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that might be fun. Who could build the better champion Europe D1 team? I don't know. 50,000 50, oh, is not going to be very Yeah, far. you're right. My bad. <laughs> this is crazy. Just crazy. All right. But uh, until next week, Andy, thanks for that. And I'll talk to you then. Yep. See ya. 
Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.